79, sunny Thursday 77, Friday sunny and 82 degrees. From the Mater Weather Center in the center of the universe, I'm John Waters. The Mater presents In the Red Zone with Rob Witham. Tonight's broadcast is brought to you by Massey, Wood, and West and by the Sports Page Grill in downtown Ashland. We are still trying to catch our breath after an incredibly wild Saturday night down in Danville, Virginia. Very pleasant good evening, everyone. We are live at Sports Page Grill Ashland. It's Monday night. That means we go in the red zone with live local sports talk on 1029 The Mater. Thanks for listening either on the radio or fans listening in tonight at HanoverCountySports.net, part of the RBA Sports Network, or on the TuneIn Radio app on Radial, R-A-D-I-A-L-L. That's R-A-D-I-A-L-L. Coming up in segment two, we are going to relive the entire final drive of Randolph-Macon football. Down 27-9 with a quarter to go and showing very little life. A ton of effort, but it was a night where they seemed to just kind of trip over themselves. Not able to get the momentum going that you would think necessary to come back from down 27-9, but they do it. They score a touchdown on the first play of the fourth quarter. Then they score another touchdown near the midway point of the quarter, and then they get the football back with 4.34 to go. It would prove to be the final possession, the final opportunity for Randolph-Macon, and they pulled it off. And it was history in two ways. We'll be talking all about it coming up after our first commercial timeout. But we want to start tonight with the brand-new NBC12 RBA Sports Network Big 12 High School Football Poll. It will be uh, online tonight at both NBC12.com and RBASportsNetwork.com. But we're releasing it here first this week on In the Red Zone, and there are some major changes. We have two teams that have dropped out of the poll and two teams, excuse me, uh, one, well, excuse me, one team that dropped out of the poll and one team that is new to the poll. Uh, We have been doing this Big 12 poll for several years now in conjunction with NBC 12, and LC Bird has been a mainstay. They have been on the poll ever since the poll began, and I don't honestly remember the last time in some of the other major top 10 and other polls here in the Richmond area where you're likely not going to see LC Bird, but after their first loss in 13 years to Huguenot on Friday night, falling by the final score of 16-7, to the Skyhawks are out of our poll. Uh, can they turn it around? And they got to do it quickly. I know it's only mid-September, but in that 17-team Region 5B, you start 0-2 and you look up and you see the vast majority of schools already ahead of you with one win or two wins, or in the case of a couple of teams, three wins already. Uh, it's going to be pretty major. 
So it's going to be a mountain for them to climb, and they've still got tough Dominion District games left to go, including, of course, Monacan and Manchester. So here is the new NBC 12 RBA Sports Network Big 12 High School football poll. We begin at number 12 with Dinwiddie, who at one time was third. Then in their loss to Massaponics, they dropped last week to eight. They lose 33-29 to North Stafford, so they are one and two. They're the only team with a losing record in our poll, and they hang on at number 12. Down from 7 to 11, the Monacan Chiefs, after falling 34-12 to then number 3, Manchester. We'll see where they stand this week in a moment. Up 2 to number 10 after a victory last week over Fork Union, Benedictine, who's now 3-1 and one on the season, and they are the lone private school in the Big 12 poll. Back in the poll after dropping out at the start of the 2018 season, at number nine, it's the Hermitage Panthers. What a titanic victory for a program that is quickly proving that the year 2018 was a complete aberration. Final score, 21-19. Hermitage stuns number two Thomas Dale Friday night at Chester Fritz Stadium. Here's the situation with how stunning that victory was. You know what happened with Hermitage last year. They collapsed and went to one and nine. Then they hired David Bedwell as their brand-new head coach. Former head coach at L.C. Bird took them to three state championships. And then shortly before the start of the 2019 season, he is arrested by Chesterfield County Police and charged with embezzlement, currently on paid administrative leave from Henrico County. So the week before Hermitage starts, what they hope to be is their kind of their new era, so to speak. Their head man is gone, and so the assistants have to take over. They get a win over Richard Wright Charter School in their opener, but really that's no barometer for any of us to know how good they might be then they take Henrico to overtime that showed us that they had potential and then they take on a number two Thomas Dale team who at the time was unbeaten and unscored upon they had two shutouts in a row going into Chester Fritz and Hermitage beats them 21-19 the final so Hermitage back in the poll at nine just ahead of them the team they took to overtime the week before the Henrico Warriors who suffered their first loss of the season Friday night to the deep run Wildcats in a battle of two and O teams so the Wildcats now three and O Henrico two and one and they've got a big 12 pole battle this week as they christen the new synthetic turf field at Chapel Stadium coming up Friday night hosting Hopewell and they're in our poll more on them in a second Thomas Dale who was at second has now dropped to seventh now they did lose the services of Notre Dame commit Chris Tyree during the loss to Hermitage uh, due to an ankle injury he's going to be out for a short period of time they should be able to have him at full strength for the back half of their schedule uh, but they've got so many other athletes that that can step up and step in, and they had to show that, of course, last year when it seemed like a quarterback went down every week for Coach Kevin Tucker and the Knights. It still is uh, kind of surprising, the results of what happened at Chester Fritz. They dropped 5-7. to seven. Deep run moves up 5. They go from 11-6 to six with their 35-24 win over Henrico. Bo Kite is for real. He has been putting up insane numbers the first three weeks for the Wildcats. More about deep run and our game of the week in just a moment. Here's your new top five for the first time ever. The Lions of Louisa are in our top five, blocking a field goal attempt that would have won the game for uh, Class 5 power Massaponics, who beat Dinwiddie last week. Louisa holds off uh, the Panthers 28-27, the final score. A blocked field goal with 10 seconds to play preserves the Lions' perfect season. They're 3-0. and Massaponics moves I believe it is, to two and one. So the Lions at five. Verina at number four. Verina gets a big win over Matoica. 
They go to Hermitage on Friday. What a battle now that is going to be. You think about, you know, start the schedule. People looked at it and said, Verinda to Hermitage. Okay, that should be an easy win for Verinda. But we had no idea what we would see out of Hermitage, and now we know, and suddenly that's going to be the Titanic battle it deserves to be and has been for so many years. Number three, Hopewell. Travion Henderson, four touchdowns in the first half, five on the night as they roll past IC Norcom, get some revenge for last year's playoff loss. 46-25, they're still unbeaten, and this Friday night they go to Henrico. Number three, Hopewell at number eight, Henrico this week. Also this week, number four, Verina at number nine, Hermitage. Manchester moves up one to number two, replacing Thomas Dale. They take care of number 11, Monaghan, 34-12, and it really wasn't that close. Monaghan scored some late. Manchester was in control from the opening kick, and they continue to impress and tell people that they are going to be a force in one way, shape, or form or another in the postseason action when it comes to Region 5B, their new home, and, of course, their Region 5B mates, Highland Springs, who took care of Meadowbrook with no problem, remain at number one. So there's your Big 12 poll. Highland Springs still at one. Manchester up one to two. Hopewell slides up one to three. Verina up one to four. Louisa leaps to number five. Deep run up five to number six. Thomas Dale falls from two to seven. Henrico now at eight. Hermitage debuts at nine. Benedictines at 10. Monacan down to 11. And Dinwiddie down at 12. And again, we'll post it all coming up later tonight at rbasportsnetwork.com. And our buddy Mark Davis will have that poll up as well on NBC12.com. Well, when we come back, we turn our attention to Randolph making football. You are going to hear the game-winning drive in its entirety. The historic comeback victory for Randolph-Macon at Avert on Saturday night. We'll relive it all after this timeout. Live from Sports Page Grill Ashland, you are in the red zone. In the red zone. We'll take a short timeout. We'll be right back. So stay tuned to the Mater. When you need printing, you usually need it yesterday. We Think in Ink can't work that quickly, but close. Let Chuck Stottenmeyer and the folks at We Think in Ink take your printing project and help make your message stand out. We Think in Ink offers quick turnaround and printing you'll be proud to use. Visit We Think in Ink in Ashland right next to the post office at 305 England Street. Let them suggest ideas for your business cards, letterhead, brochures, or business forms. We Think in Ink in Ashland. At Randolph-Macon College, your education begins with your future in mind from your very first day on campus. RMC's exceptional equestrian program has a beautiful new facility, Coventry Farm, just three miles from campus. Access to this stellar facility provides valuable support to this robust, thriving equine team. Visit us online at rmc.edu to schedule a campus tour, a personal interview, or to RSVP for one of our fall open houses. Randolph-Macon College, building extraordinary futures. Where do you bring the family for sports, great food, and excellent service? Sports Page Grill in Ashland. Walking distance from Randolph-Macon College, Sports Page Ashland features 40 and 55-inch TVs, all high-definition flat screens. Sports Page Ashland has something for everyone on the menu, like their fresh Angus beef burgers or chicken wings, which everyone agrees are the best in town. Kids' night is Wednesday. All kids' meals are served on Frisbees that they can take home. Your family will love the friendliest faces you can find anywhere north of Richmond at Sports Page Grill in Ashland. For nightly specials and more, check them out on Facebook. Sports Page Ashland. Massey Wood and West has been servicing the Richmond and surrounding areas since 1923. 
offering the finest in HVAC systems, home heating, fuel oil, propane gas, and more. Massey Wood & West is a premier dealer of Heil cooling and heating equipment, offering professional service and installation of HVAC systems, gas, or oil furnaces. Heil systems are backed by a century of superior engineering and quality manufacturing. Massey Wood & West also gives you one-stop shopping for standby generators, tankless water heaters, gas logs, and other quality Heil equipment. Call today. Stay cool in the summer, warm in the winter with Massey Wood & West. Call 355-1721. That's 355-1721. Or go online to MasseyWoodandWest.com. That's MasseyWoodandWest.com. Massey Wood & West, a premier Heil dealer. Massey Wood & West, prompt, dependable service since 1923. Sports page Grill Ashland in the red zone on this Monday night. Hi, friend. Drop with them. Happy to be with you. What a wild Friday it was here on the Mater with uh, Collegia getting the 41-33 win over Catholic to improve their record to 1-1. One one. They continue their homestand Friday against Flint Hill. Uh, and then uh, we had our uh, Atlee Mills-Godwin game of the week, and the Atlee offense rose to the occasion big time and early, uh, blowing away uh, Mills-Godwin, frankly, 35-7 the final score four touchdown passes for Tyler Warren Alex Alex Oliver was all over the place great win for the Raiders as they get set to go to Douglas Freeman uh, in a big region 5b battle on uh, Friday night Douglas Freeman beat Lee Davis to send the Confederates to 0-3 on the season and suddenly they uh, are in trouble in the region 4b playoff race but then there's Patrick Henry who beat Glenn Allen 21-6 and they're in great shape one of four teams at 3-0 in the region they will host a deep run on Friday night and that will be our high school football game of the week in primetime we have flexed to deep run and patrick henry that's coming up friday night here on the mater now we turn our attention to randolph making football at the end of three quarters at campbell stadium on Averett university's campus in danville saturday night it was Averett 27 and randolph making nine yellow jackets had struggled offensively they got into the red zone four times in the first half only came up with nine points uh, special teams, they were having major problems. They missed a field goal early. They missed an extra point. A field goal to start the third quarter was missed when the long snapper completely overshot the holder. Things just weren't going well at all. We could not envision what was about to happen in the fourth quarter. It turned out to be the largest comeback victory in the 15-plus year tenure of Pedro Aruza as head coach at Randolph-Macon. Down 27-9, they go on a 21-0 run to win it 30-27. to now you're going to get a chance to relive the final drive. Let me set it up for you. Yellow Jackets, after a punt, got the football at the 35-yard line. Four minutes, 34 seconds to go. Two timeouts. And as they began running the drive, it became painfully obvious that this was going to be the final opportunity. They would score here or they would lose to Averett for the first time ever. Here's what happened Saturday night. But with four minutes and 30. Late third quarter, I didn't see this developing. The Yellow Jackets have the football, down five, two timeouts remaining. They're in this one. It takes one drive. I think similar situation last week when we were against Johns Hopkins, and you get a chance. You didn't play real well, but you have a chance with possession of the ball late in the game. One score wins the ball game. So you've got a chance to, to come out and try that again tonight. And it's going to be a matter right now of can they – you line up up front. Can they stop your running game? Cougar fans on their feet below us. Yellow Jacket fans on their feet across the way on the grassy hill. First and 10 at the 35. Handoff. Up the middle. One, maybe two yards. 
Not much there. Second down, 425 clock running. You begin to get the feeling this might be the last best chance here with the clock coming up to four minutes to go. Will they get the ball back if they don't make it here? Second and eight, 37-yard line. Estes back to Frederick into the second part of the secondary, and he will get across the 45 just enough for the Yellow Jacket first down, 352 to go. And the last two yards of that are really on his own. Runs through an arm tack on falls forward to move the chains. That's a fifth-year senior there, understanding how to use his body to get the length just enough to get across the 45 so you can get that first down. Right of Estes on first and 10. Yellow Jackets approaching midfield down by five. Back to Trey and Timeout call. stop no, no, everything. I've got a penalty marker, and it's going to be false start against Randolph-Macon. And again, this is where you really have not excelled as an offense. May force you to throw it on first down. We've done that a little bit more frequently in the second half. Open things up a little bit. Football now at the 41-yard line. First and 15. Clock restarts after the penalty. We're under three and a half to go. 27-22, Averitt. Estes going to keep it himself. Right side cuts up the middle and gets near midfield. Falls forward right to the 50. That's a solid pickup on first down. They're going to put the football at the 49, so it'll be second down and seven. they got to get to the Cougar 44. We're under three minutes to go. It's crunch time. Down by five. Estes is going to change the play call. Frederick and Estes both look to the sideline. Now they're ready. 2.45 to go. Back to Trey up the middle. Stuffed at midfield. Just a gain of one. 235 to go, Marty Wilson, and a huge third down and six here. And I think if you're going to run, Trey, you got to try to get him more to the outside, get him more to the edge. But you're right. This is, It's two down territory right now. The ball's at the 50-yard line. You've got two plays to pick up about six yards. Clock continues to run. Two timeouts, 220 to go. The Cougars looking for their first ever win over the Yellow Jackets. Third and six, right at midfield. Estes bobbles the snap, looks, throws to Hunt. It's complete. And he will be just at the marker. We'll see if they give him the first down at the 44. It'll depend on the spot with two minutes and one second to go. And the Yellow Jackets have got to get up to the line. They do. It's a first down. And Hunt did a great job coming back to the ball and then fighting through a tackle. They're going to call. They snap it quickly to Frederick. And a timeout the Cougars, called by the Cougars. Yep. Yeah, the Cougars going to call timeout defensively, kind of slow this thing down. They want to try to limit any possible momentum to the Yellow Jackets, but they are fired up on the far side. The, the fans who have made the three-hour trip from the center of the universe are up on their feet standing. Can the Yellow Jackets complete the comeback? And with a minute 58 and two timeouts, Marty, I think this is it. You're not going to get another chance. And Joey Hunt, again, that, that throw is in the middle of the field. He's got a, a defender on his back, does a great job of getting in front, get, making sure that he's the first one of the ball. Then he has to wiggle free from attack on fall forward to get that first down. So good play. They haven't targeted him much in the ballgame, but that's a huge catch to be able to keep this drive alive. Hunt stepping up into the starting lineup for DeAndre Gill, who did not make the trip. He is not here tonight. Owens has had a good night. Avent with a big catch. Foster, of course, with the breakaway to cut this to a one possession game. They reset the game clock to exactly two minutes. Yellow Jackets first down at the Cougar 44 and they still have their two timeouts remaining. Snap, handoff, Frederick up the middle, close to the 40. They got a hurry. 150 to go. Frederick quickly back. They get back to the line. Two to the far, one to the near. Second and seven at the 41. 140 to go. Back to Frederick up the gut. He'll fall forward. 
close to first down yardage, Marty Wilson, to the 34-yard line. He may have it. They've got it. Now you come right back to the line of scrimmage, and you're going to continue to run that play. They have not shown that they've been able to stop that. And they're hoping maybe if he can break one tackle, get into that second level. At the 34, it's a first down. Back to Trey. They stop him that time. Just a yard, 125, clock moving. At some point, I would think you'd spend a time out here just to give your players a break. And that's exactly what's going to happen. 120 to go. Timeout Randolph-Macon. It'll be second down and nine at the Averett 33, down by five. And if I've got the numbers right here, Rob, Trey Frederick now 27 carries, 164 yards. I had him coming into the ballgame needing 159 yards to pass for Mon Smith on the all-time ODAC rushing list. So his 164 now. Put past him, uh, puts him five yards past Vermont Smith. He doesn't care about that right now. He may celebrate that. I'm not even sure if he knows about it, to be truthful. But uh, what he's looking for right now is to get three or four more carries to get the ball into the end zone to get a win here on the road for the Yellow Jackets. Yeah, he would like right now, the only number he would like is 33. He'd like a 33-yard touchdown run out of this timeout on the second and nine at the Cougar 33. Randolph-Macon's never led tonight. Averett took the lead 14 seconds into the game on an 85-yard opening kickoff return. Yellow Jackets have played from behind all night long. They're trying to take the lead when it matters the most. 123 to go. Second and nine at the Averett 33. The snap. They gave it to Frederick. Cuts left side. He's got running room. 20, 15, 10, 5. Touchdown. Randolph making Yellow Jackets. He got the 33-yard run, and they take the lead with a minute 14 to go. How about we just do double or nothing there? He gets the rushing record and the touchdown. Jackets with the first lead of the ballgame, 28-27-114. And really nobody out here, the, the lineup was really, everything was lined up the opposite side. When he broke containing the left side, you're not going to catch him. Absolutely not. They busted the middle, the middle, the middle, the middle. And he's finally able to get left side, make that one move, Marty, and he was off to the races. And you can see one of the defensive backs for Aver jumping up and down before the snap. I think he was looking to try to call timeout number two. Yes. Literally jumping up and down trying to call timeout. They didn't get the timeout, and it, it cost them. You are absolutely right. I saw the same thing. Quaylen Keaton was jumping up and down, dying to get a timeout. They did not give them the timeout. And Trey Frederick... Working on the middle, working on the middle, working on the middle, and then he was able to get that cut, plant it left side, and what do you know? And now the Yellow Jackets, I think they've called timeout. They have. And they're going to go for two. I because- would, yeah, I would think you'd want to because it would make it a three-point game, and therefore, if Averitt drives down the field, it, certainly they could try a field goal, but it would tie it and send it to overtime. And looking down, uh, there's only a minute 14 left in the ball game, but certainly if you get to, we've talked about their kicker, Cole Westbury, has yep. a 51-yarder to his credit during the course of his career. Have not seen him really boot the ball well today. His kickoffs have been strong, but he's, they have an opportunity to get you know, with 114 to try to get him into field goal range, but Jackets need to try to tack on two points here with his two-point conversions. The Yellow Jackets 0 for 2 this year on two-point conversions, including one missed one here earlier in this quarter after the Foster 75-yard pitch and catch. Up by one, the two-point try. Estes in. De Leon, the tailback. Burke looking to go in. And he does. The two-pointer is good. Burke, Estes. 
makes it a three-point lead with 114 remaining in regulation. It is Randolph making 30 and Averett 27. They haven't really shown the ball and the ability in the second half to throw the ball all that effectively, and they're going to need to do so here now to try to move the ball down the field. There was that one play where they got it to Gerard Mosby for 40 yards to set up first and goal on their last touchdown drive at the two-yard line. Can't let anybody get behind you now. Right back to pass. Looking over the middle. Got a man. 40-45. Midfield. The football comes out. The ball is out at midfield. The Yellow Jackets have got the football. Turnover to Randolph-Macon in the final minute. And the Cougars can't believe it. And the Yellow Jackets have exploded in exhilaration. Football to Randolph-Macon at midfield. What an incredible turn of events on Saturday night. And, and the most impressive part of that game-winning drive, fans, you got to understand, if you weren't listening to the game, let me reset it for you again. There, the Averitt took the opening kickoff back 85 yards for a touchdown. So 14 seconds into the game, they took a 6 to nothing lead. They led in the game from 14 seconds in until under a minute and 20 to go. Randolph-Macon never had the advantage until Frederick busts the 33-yard touchdown run Uh, which ended up being the game-winning score. In the midst of that game, there were so many plots and subplots to it. You had, and some things we haven't even had a chance to talk about yet. We talked about the the botched field goal attempt on the opening uh, drive of the second half, down 20 to 9, could have made it a one-possession game. Uh, We talked about how several trips into the red zone and not coming up with touchdowns, same problem that they had in the second quarter in the loss to Johns Hopkins on opening night. Two big trips into the red zone, second quarter. They only come away with three points. So they get the ball late, third quarter. They're putting together a drive. First play of the fourth quarter, 10-yard touchdown pass from Burke Estes to Jordan Foster, who had one man to beat, had to bust a tackle, and did so with authority to be able to go into the end zone from 10 yards out. They score another touchdown, and then 434 to go. They get the ball 65 yards from taking the lead. And did you hear the play calls? You know, at 4.34 to go and two timeouts, there are a lot of coaches who would think, okay, we just got to sling the ball all over the field. And I honestly think the Averitt defense was waiting for Randolph-Macon to pull that trigger and start throwing the football. It's how they got the second touchdown on a quick out to Foster. It only gained about two yards, but then he broke a tackle, took off down the sidelines, got 73 yards after the catch on a 75-yard touchdown pitch and catch. That was the one to draw him within five, a 27 to 22. But head coach Pedro Arusa talking to him after the game, just had a gut feeling. He's had been talking to his coaches. He's like, you know, we're not built to sling the football around. And we had noticed that the Avery defense was getting tired and they weren't able to stop us up on the front of the line. And you got to remember that line was without preseason All-American Jake Wernel. He was out with an injury. Starting center Connor Denning was out with an injury. So only three of the five starters on the offensive line. And Randolph-Macon was still able to garner 510 yards of total offense, the biggest 65, of course, on the final drive. And then, well, what a what an incredible moment there out of the timeout, needing the 33 yards that they were halfway down the field. Trey's able to once again get the ball cut up to go to the middle and then found a seam, planted that foot, cut left side, saw he had an angle, and no one no one touched him. It was an insane sequence of events. But the trust that Coach Arusa had in this play calling and his staff to be true to their heart, to be true to their strength, and that is run the football. He had a very interesting observation. He told me, he said, Rob, in, in these two, three-minute situations, you always have more time than you think you have. And so they never panicked. 
They only used one of their two timeouts right before the touchdown run. And on a nine-play drive, Trey Frederick got the football seven of the nine times. Estes completed one pass, and Estes ran once. The rest of the time, you go with the horse that got you into the race, and it, it worked. It worked. Now the Cougars, again, had the chance to try to maybe tie and force overtime, got the big completion there on that first play. But how many times have you seen late in the game a team down, a wide receiver gets a pass, and then he tries to get a few extra yards uh, in hoping to get his team a little bit closer? Had he just caught the ball and fell down? Uh, Averett could have still been driving with a chance, and again, their kicker had a career long of 51 yards, so they really only needed to get to about the Randolph making 30 for a legitimate shot at forcing overtime. But sometimes when you're trying to find that extra yard or two, you lose the football, and Brian Sullivan punches it out, and Anthony Williams recovers it. Averett was out of timeouts, and the game was over. So Randolph making to 1-1, one and one. Trey Frederick with 4,316 rushing yards is now the all-time rushing leader both at Randolph-Macon College and in the Old Dominion Athletic Conference. He breaks the 32-year-old record, which was held by Ramon Smith, Randolph-Macon class of 1987. He ran for 4,276 yards. Trey has now cleared him by 40. And if Trey is able to have, you know, let's say he averages 90 yards, he doesn't even have to break 100 yards a game. If he averages 90 yards a game in the next eight games and is able to stay healthy, Trey could break the 5,000-yard mark. And Trey could, right now, he is in, I believe, either seventh or eighth all-time for running backs in the history of college football in the Commonwealth of Virginia at any level, Division One, FCS, Division Two, Division Three. Uh, he is working his way up the top ten. Two spots ahead of him, ironically, Brian Mann of Ferrum, who we're going to see two weeks from Saturday when we go to Ferrum College for the second of two games on a road trip for the Yellow Jackets as we turn the calendar into October. So congratulations to Trey. Congratulations to the Yellow Jackets. They never, they never quit. You will never be able to fault the effort of this team. I will be stunned if we have a Saturday in the ODAC here in the next nine weeks where you question the effort of this football team. They have shown a, a tremendous effort, both in the loss to Johns Hopkins and the win over Averett. It's all about execution. They have got to get the kicking game straight. We're, we're hoping that Chris Vidal can, is able to come back from injury soon. I have no idea when that may or may not happen. Uh, if that be the case, you've got to find somebody who can be consistent. Uh, really, uh, uh, And we're not talking about like 40-yard field goals here. We're talking about extra points. Uh, the field goal that was missed was from 28. The one that uh, Colin Brooker made was from 31. Uh, and, and after missing badly an extra point, that's when coach decided to give the freshman punter Gavin Stone a try on a field goal attempt. Started the third quarter. That did not work because the snap was bad. And Mike Kovich, the holder, never even got the football down. He had to find it and then made a dangerous mistake of just kind of throwing it in the air up for grabs. And Averett had already returned an interception 99 yards for a touchdown in the first half. What a backbreaker maybe it could have been had that ball been caught, and they went, like, say, 85 yards. Uh, after the first drive of the third quarter, Yellow Jackets are sure trying to settle for three points and cut it to eight, have a one-possession game, and then the next thing you know, Averitt takes it. That's what happened in that second quarter. They were at the 11-yard line on third and 10, and Estes tried to fire one in at the goal line in the middle of the field to Joey Hunt. And Terrell England stepped right in front of him, grabbed the football, and it was in stride. He was able to take off, get a seam down the right sideline, and he went 99 yards. 
for the score. So instead of Randolph making, uh, you know, pulling within just a few points, suddenly it was 20 to three. It should have been. Let's see, they score the touchdown. Hunt catches that. They get the extra point. It's 13-10. But in a blink of an eye, it was 20 to three. So Randolph Macon doesn't quit. They they don't get down. They come back. They were able to get a touchdown final minute of the half. They missed the extra point. So there was a sour uh, note ending to a sweet final drive. Cut it to 20 to nine. Then you come out. Good drive there. The first part of the third quarter took five plus minutes off the clock. Miss the field goal. Don't even get a chance to kick the field goal. And so again, you're I'm, I'm sitting in the press box with Marty Wilson, the voice of the Yellow Jackets, and in my in my gut, I'm thinking to myself, this just is not their night. It's just not working. It's just not happening. And they're going to lose to Averett for the first time ever. And then the comeback began. So congratulations, 30-27, the final. That now lead the all-time series with Averett nine nothing. Let me say something real quick about Averett. Beautiful facility that they have built. They're celebrating 20 years of football. It is hard to start a football program at any college on any level, and they have come a long way in a short period of time. They do well in recruiting in North Carolina. They have been hot and heavy in recruiting here in Central Virginia over the last several years. They are the favorites to win USA South this year, Uh, and there's a possibility if they win that conference, they'll get an NCAA tournament bid, and what a way to cap off the first 20 years for Averett. Uh, The Cougars, uh, they've got to find a way to be more balanced offensively, they relied way too much on their quarterback. Jacob Wright, who is extremely talented, can run the football as well as he can pass it, and he can pass it extremely well. Uh, but in that fourth quarter, they almost went into a prevent offense. They were kind of just saying, give the ball to Wright and let him run the football. We're going to try to run out this clock and get out of here. And, you, you know, I, you mentioned there I did a prevent offense. You know, you hear about prevent defense in football, and it's like, why do people run the prevent defense? Because nine times out of ten, offenses just drive right down the field on them, and then suddenly they have a chance to kick a field goal, force overtime, or score a touchdown, force overtime, or win the game, depending upon the margin. Uh, this was really a prevent offense. It's like we're not going to be aggressive. Uh, we're we're going to just try to, you know, grind this out, get a few first downs, and get out of here. And he, he broke open a play. Uh, that should have been a long touchdown that probably would have sealed the game, but it got called back to a holding penalty. So uh, it was a, a night where everything went wrong for Randolph-Macon until 14.52 to go in the game, and then everything started to go right. So with a sigh of relief, Yellow Jacket Nation gets ready for Saturday when Randolph-Macon celebrates Family Weekend and the Yellow Jackets begin ODAC play. Remember, with Southern Virginia University, now a member for football only of the Old Dominion Athletic Conference, it's an eight-game conference schedule. The Yellow Jackets non-conference slate is done at two games, and now the games count more than ever. Because if you want that automatic bid to the NCAA tournament, you've Got to win the ODAC championship. Uh, Losing to Johns Hopkins and then Johns Hopkins losing to Susquehanna this past Saturday kind of dims and dulls the Randolph-Macon loss even more. And then they beat Averett, so it's just like last year, one and one. So they come out of the ODAC. I think in order to do it and to get a quality seeding in the NCAA, Randolph-Macon would have to to run the table in the ODAC. they got to win them all. You'll remember last year they they slipped up uh, at home against Ferrum. And then they bounce back with wins in their final two games and, of course, winning the game in Farmville last year. The game will be in Ashland on November 
the 16th. But all attention now is on winning the conference, and you got to do it one game at a time. You can't win the conference title until the middle of November. So first things first, here comes an Emory and Henry team that underperformed in 2018. They were picked to win the conference, if memory serves me correctly, and they had a very disappointing campaign for a program that had been on the rise. So they would love nothing more than to make the five-hour trip from southwest Virginia, come to the defending champions, and send them to 0-1. So Randolph-Macon's going to get everybody's best shot from here on out. They already have twice in non-conference play, and boy, are they going to get it now in the ODAC. Our live coverage at Dayfield here on 102.9 The Mater. Live at rmcathletics.com. We'll begin at 12.30. 12.30 is radio pregame time. We kick off at 1 o'clock. We hope you'll be there. You'll come join us at Dayfield. It's family weekend. It's going to be a lot of fun. Tons of people on campus. Uh, it's going to be a great atmosphere. And I just checked my NBC12 weather app before we started the show tonight. We're looking at temperatures in the 80s and sunny skies and no chance of rain. So it may be a little warm, but it's going to be a great afternoon for Randolph-Macon College football. Come out and be a part. If you can't, Marty Wilson and I will have the call for you here on 1029. The Mater. Wow. All right, let's catch our breath and take a moment and get a quick time out. And when we come back here in just a few minutes, hopefully we will be sitting down with the head women's lacrosse coach at Randolph-Macon, M.K. Jaratowski, to talk about their trip to Europe this past summer. That's on the way here in just a little bit. And much more still to come. Live from Sports Page Grill, Ashland, you are in the red zone. We'll be back with more from the Red Zone after these messages. Where do you bring the family for sports, great food, and excellent service? Sports Page Grill in Ashland. Walking distance from Randolph-Macon College, Sports Page Ashland features 40 and 55-inch TVs, all high-definition flat screens. Sports Page Ashland has something for everyone on the menu, like their fresh Angus beef burgers or chicken wings, which everyone agrees are the best in town. Kids' night is Wednesday. All kids' meals are served on Frisbees that they can take home. Your family will love the friendliest faces you can find anywhere north of Richmond at Sports Page Grill in Ashland. For nightly specials and more, check them out on Facebook. Sports Page Ashland. Non-attorney paid spokesperson. Could your house go into foreclosure? Are you behind on your mortgage payments? Does it seem like the bank has no interest in helping you save your home and you feel like you have nowhere to turn for help? Then we have good news for you. Foreclosure Protection Services can help save your home as they specialize in foreclosure assistance. That's all they do. If you're behind on your mortgage payments, being threatened with foreclosure, have been denied a loan modification, or been the victim of a predatory loan, it's critical that you call Foreclosure Protection Services now at 800-600-9969. Their network of attorneys and their agents are available to speak to you now. If you're behind on your mortgage payments, Foreclosure Protection Services can help stop the foreclosure process. Call today before it's too late. New laws are in effect that may save your home. Call Foreclosure Protection Services now at 800-600-9969. 800-600-9969. That's 800-600-9969. Massey Wood & West has been servicing the Richmond and surrounding areas since 1923. Offering the finest in HVAC systems, home heating, fuel oil, propane gas, and more. Massey Wood & West is a premier dealer of Heil cooling and heating equipment, offering professional service and installation of HVAC systems, gas, or oil furnaces. Heil systems are backed by a century of superior engineering and quality manufacturing. Massey Wood & West also gives you one 
one-stop shopping for standby generators, tankless water heaters, gas logs, and other quality Heil equipment. Call today. Stay cool in the summer, warm in the winter with Massey Wood and West. Call 355-1721. That's 355-1721. Or go online to MasseyWoodandWest.com. That's MasseyWoodandWest.com. Massey Wood and West, a premier Heil dealer. Massey Wood and West, prompt, dependable service since 1923. Mesdames et messieurs, s'il vous plaît, soyez prêts pour Arnaud Chupa. C'est parti. Sports page Grill Ashland is where we are on this Monday night in the red zone. Hi, French Rob with them. Let me take a moment and thank our sponsors for making our weekly foray into local sports talk possible. Of course, our friends here at Sports Page, uh, Squirrel and Willie and the gang, always appreciate their company and their hospitality. Thank them so much. You want to watch the big game? You interested in Monday Night Football tonight? You're a Browns fan, a Jets fan? You should come out, have dinner, watch the game. they got TVs all over the place Saturday for college football. Once you're done with Randolph-Macon, come have dinner over here at Sports Page after the game. Watch the SEC or the ACC, whatever you might want. Uh, it's a great place, great atmosphere always, and we thank them for being a part of the broadcast every week and for hosting as well to Massey Wood and West. I know it was 95 degrees outside today, but with the calendar reading September 16th, you've got to start thinking about making sure that you're going to stay warm this winter. So if it's time to get heating oil or if it's time to uh, get that HVAC unit checked to make sure it's going to work on the other side, MasseyWoodandWest.com and 355-1721. And those of you with heating oil, with everything that's happening uh, in the uh, geopolitical realm right now, if you saw the price of gas has jumped up over a dime today, uh, you might want to go ahead and call and see if you can lock in a price now that might be significantly lower than a price in a week or two or three. MasseyWoodandWest.com, 355-1721. And our friends. That we think in ink, Chuck Stoudemire and the gang right down England Street here in Ashland, here in the center of the universe, all your printing needs, business, and we've mentioned this before and it bears repeating, a lot of nonprofit organizations, a part of uh, uh, you know schools here in the area getting started, back to school nights, PTOs, PTAs, etc., etc., and if you need printing done for your uh, banners or brochures, whatever the case may be, we think in ink at three five. Excuse me, at a, here on England Street, here in Ashland, Massywood and West is three five five seventeen twenty one. Real quick, our game of the week doubleheader. We have a change on the back end in prime time on Friday night. We will begin Friday with the On the Sidelines pregame presented by Virginia Farm Bureau Insurance. I'll sit down with NBC 12 Sports Director Mark Davis, and we'll lay out the week four high school football landscape. And then at 4 o'clock, Neil Steele will have the call as Flint Hill comes to Collegiate to take on the Cougars as they look to go to 2-1. and one. And then we will be live in Ashland in primetime with number six deep run, unbeaten at 3-0, and against Patrick Henry. Unbeaten at 3-0. and It should be a fantastic game. And you know deep run Patrick Henry. That series has given us some classics over the years here on the Mater, including back-to-back overtime affairs back in 2005 when Patrick Henry last won the Colonial District and 2006, the one-time deep run won the Colonial District. So be with us Friday night for that. Kickoff is at 7. And if the collegiate game gets done 6.30 or so, we're going to slide that NBC 12 preview with Mark Davis in uh, for the primetime listeners as well. So that's coming up on Friday. We're going to do a little bit differently tonight. Calvin, we're going to go ahead and take our final commercial timeout, get that out of the way. And then when we come back, quick conversation with M.K. Jaredkowski, the head coach of women's lacrosse at Randolph-Macon. We're talking about a little Europe trip. Coming up after this break, uh, live at Sports Page Grill, you're in the red zone. 
There's more to come right after this short break. When you need printing, you usually need it yesterday. We Think in Ink can't work that quickly, but close. Let Chuck Stottenmeyer and the folks at We Think in Ink take your printing project and help make your message stand out. We Think in Ink offers quick turnaround and printing you'll be proud to use. Visit We Think in Ink in Ashland right next to the post office at 305 England Street. Let them suggest ideas for your business cards, letterhead, brochures, or business forms. We Think in Ink in Ashland. Where do you bring the family for sports, great food, and excellent service? Sports Page Grill in Ashland. Walking distance from Randolph-Macon College, Sports Page Ashland features 40 and 55-inch TVs, all high-definition flat screens. Sports Page Ashland has something for everyone on the menu, like their fresh Angus beef burgers or chicken wings, which everyone agrees are the best in town. Kids' night is Wednesday. All kids' meals are served on Frisbees that they can take home. Your family will love the friendliest faces you can find anywhere north of Richmond at Sports Page Grill in Ashland. For nightly specials and more, check them out on Facebook. Sports Page Ashland. I can't get my computer to work. Let me help you with that. How'd you do that? I just got techie with geeks on site. Our geeks literally come on site. No need to stop what you're doing or block off time. We come to your home, office, or wherever you are. And we don't just fix whatever computer issues you might be having. We explain and teach you along the way so you can feel empowered and then help others at home or in your office. Better yet, don't have time for tech support to come to you? Let us remote into your desktop or laptop, and one of our geeks will instantly walk you through. We offer affordable prices on our remote services and IT support. You and those in your office will never have to wait hours to have your technical questions answered. Get your free computer diagnosis today with your very own geek. Get started now and we'll help you instantly. Call 877-801-0746. 877-801-0746. That's 877-801-0746. Glad you stayed with us here on this Monday night live at Sports Page Grill. Rob with them along with you here in the Red Zone 1029 The Mater live at Hanover County Sports.net and on the TuneIn Radio app on Radio. Uh, love to have the return here of the head women's lacrosse coach at Randolph Macon College, MK Jaratowski, is with us. And, and we may have a little lacrosse talk, but <laughs> we, we have I, I'm fascinated by our conversation tonight. Coach, first, thanks for being with us. Thank you for having me. Uh, the, the, the opportunity for your team to take what will for many of them i'm sure will be a a lifetime experience heading over to europe over the summer uh, now first of all help me out here i think by rule teams are able to take trips like that is it once every four years it's every three every three um, okay yeah so every three calendar years you're allowed to go um it's not common that everyone goes every three years <laughs> because it is quite the fundraising undertaking yes um, but you are able to go every three years and this is our first trip so who came up with the idea and the the itinerary, where to go? Yeah, so um, I had really thought about it. We have had a ton of girls study abroad since I got here, you know, whether that was in J-term or for full semesters or in the summer as well. Um, okay. You know, specifically some of our girls with, you know, the science majors um, were, had to go up, you know, different times in order to make sure they got all their classes in. And, and we sort of thought, well, you know, they're going all the time anyway. Why wouldn't we go as a group and get to add that piece to it? Um, and, you know, the girls that do go in J-term generally miss a week of practice, which is tough. Um, you know, it's not the end of the world. We're certainly happy to have them have the experience. But we thought how much better to have it as a whole group. Um, and so we really started planning for this 
probably in my second year, maybe my third year, and I'm now in my seventh. Wow. Um, so yeah, it's been a, it's been a long time coming, and and we went with a company called Global Players, um, and they started when they started. Uh, it was actually two lacrosse players from JMU started the company, uh, and one of them is a friend of mine, and they started just helping Division One athletes get to go abroad in the summer and do an internship. Uh, and so they really were trying to help them have that experience when a lot of D1 athletes don't get that. And right. then a couple years ago, they started get into team trips as well. Um, so we were able to take advantage of that opportunity. That's awesome. So as a coach, what do you, what are you looking for in terms of this trip? You obviously have a goal in mind for the team and the program too. Yeah, yeah. I think, you know, the biggest goal for us was, you know, giving our girls the opportunity to really push themselves out of their comfort zone. Um, you know, we try and do that in so many ways while we're here on campus, but there's such a different atmosphere in being in a country you've never been to before, and especially in a country where you don't speak the language. Yeah. Um, so that was really great for our girls, and, and I think that that was probably the biggest goal for us. Um, also, to help grow the game, you know, lacrosse is a sport that's growing within our own country, but it is still very, very young across the world. Mm. Um, and so even in Ireland, where we went first, where they have a national team and they have a U19 team, um, it's still a really young sport and not played the same way it is over here. And then when we went to Portugal, it's barely played at all. Uh, and so being able to help spread the game, you know, the goal is to, to get lacrosse in the Olympics and, and have that be something that our players can watch and see and aspire to. And, and part of that is helping grow the game worldwide. And that's something we were trying to do. Wow. So you have a chance to be an ambassador, as it were, yeah. of the college, of the game that you love. Yeah. And, but then on top of that, you're also looking to, to, to provide the, the student athletes with experiences that maybe they haven't done before. For the most part, they hadn't done yeah. before, I would assume. And, you know, not knowing down the road if they may or may not be able to do something equal to that. Right. What was some of the initial re- – your first stop was? Uh, Dublin, Ireland. Dublin, Ireland. Okay, so – you, you, you make the transatlantic flight and you're there in Ireland. What were some of the initial reactions that you saw from some of the players? Yeah, I think it was interesting. You know, we do have a lot of players on the team that have been to Europe before. Okay. And so they were sort of helping the ones that hadn't, you know, how does that work? That overnight flight and, mm-hmm. you know, trying to stay awake. And um, we had a few small travel hiccups that, you know, just, just made the trip fun. Always. Um, and so I think our girls were really, you know, when we arrived in Dublin, they were starving and ready to go to bed. Um, and so that was our, that was our first order of business as soon as we got there was have dinner and get them to bed so that we could be ready to go the next day and okay give me kind of i know there wasn't a typical day there but just explain some of the some of the experiences and opportunities that you had yeah, while you were there. Dublin was really neat. I think the girls had the opportunity to have a fair amount of free time. Um, you know, we started our first day with a walking tour, so they sort of got their bearings, and we were in a great part of the city um, where everything was in walking distance, um, and so they were able to get to tons of restaurants and, you know, different tourist sites that they could, you know, enjoy. Um, so that was really a cool piece, but we also did a practice with um, the Dublin Lacrosse Club, so we went out to one of their colleges a little bit further outside the city um, and got to do that, and, you know, know one of our little travel hiccups was that our sticks never made it to ireland oh and so yeah so we um it's not like you could run to the dublin lacrosse no no but the dublin lacrosse club was awesome and they provide they had a set of sticks because they're trying to help grow the game they have it you know able to share with girls who want to try and so we used their sticks the whole time we were there for both the practice and then the game we played with them um on our last night as well so yeah that was that was really cool and we got to do a bike tour as well um and my favorite part we 
got to tour Croke Park, um, which is where the Gaelic Athletic Association holds all of their, um, you know, national events. And I had been to Dublin 10 years ago and the stadium was closed and it was something that I really wanted to do. So I didn't get to do it 10 years ago. So it was really cool for me to be able to go back and have that be a part of our trip as well. I bet the, I bet the student athletes liked seeing you geek out. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, for (laughs) sure. For sure. That's great. Tell me, tell me quickly about that game with Dublin. That had to be just an experience to where, you know, it it, it doesn't count. It's not for the ODAC championship. It's such a unique experience, once in a lifetime chance. Yeah, I think what was really cool was, you know, they, because it's not such an organized sport over there, they didn't have a ton of players. And so we lent them a couple of ours and we switched it halfway through and had them play with them. And the, the Dublin team was so thankful for the way that we treated them. And I was just so proud of our girls for the way that they were ambassadors for the sport and for the school. Um, you know, they had mentioned they had had other teams come over and not have the same experience. And they said, you know, the moment that we stepped on the field with them, they felt like they were a part of our team. And, and that's something that's so important to us, you know, within our own team. So to have another group jump in and have that same feeling with us was really, really cool. And I was really proud. You should be. That is awesome. Yeah. MK Jaratowski, head women's lacrosse coach at Randolph-Macon, joining us. Team over the summer had the chance to go to Europe. You visit Ireland. Step two was? Portugal. So Portugal. Went to Lisbon. To Lisbon. Okay, tell me about the experience there. So, number one, best part of it, our six arrived. So, our six six are in Lisbon, so that that was great. Um, But Lisbon was really great. We had a little bit more of a packed itinerary in terms of what we were doing. Um, But I think that was good for the girls, you know, going to a place where they didn't speak the language. Um, You know, we had a local guide um, who did, and he was fantastic at helping us, you know, navigate the city and and also, you know, talk with different people. But Lisbon is a really, um, I would say, English-friendly city um, with lots of menus and things in English too so okay. that helped for sure uh, but we had we got to surprise the girls as soon as we landed um, we actually went to a professional soccer game that first night yeah which was really really Whoa. cool yeah just they an didn't awesome, know it no they didn't know it was coming no so we and we didn't either until we were in Dublin and our host let me know that they'd gotten us tickets and we were able to do this and so that was a really cool sort of first night able to to enjoy that and see wow. something that you know a lot of our you know the girls were texting all their friends at home saying oh my gosh you know our men's soccer soccer players or women's soccer players going, what the heck? How come we didn't get to do this? So that was really a, a great start to the trip. There. That's that's fantastic. Were you able to have a lacrosse experience in Lisbon as well? Yeah. So we did a practice on our own one day in a stadium that we then used later in the week for um, a clinic that we did with some youth in the area that we're at just like a regular summer camp. Um, and so we had about 16 or 17 kids from ages about 8 to 16 come out and trial across most of them for the first time. Wow. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, it was the highlight of the trip, without a doubt. Really? Without a doubt. Yeah. And there was, you know, a language barrier for some kids. Some of them could speak English. Some of them couldn't. Um, and those kids just had an absolute blast. And our girls just... They did such a great job of, of teaching the game and, and letting those kids enjoy themselves. Um, it was by far everyone's favorite part of the trip. Uh, do you think that part of it was the kind of a multicultural experience, just something that you, you're used to being part of a practice or a clinic? And I know a lot of the kids help you out in terms of camps yeah. here back home in Ashland. Yeah, for sure. But to do it in that setting... Uh, and and uh, kind of as you were mentioning earlier, tilling or breaking new ground for the sport that you love, yeah. you put all that together, and that, that did have to be a, just a fascinating experience. Yeah, for sure. And, again, the kids were just so thankful. 
Um, and so our girls were able to, you know, they were getting hugs every five seconds and we love this and this is so much fun. And, and the Portuguese kids teaching our, our kids, you know, how to say words in Portuguese. And, um, you know, that was just a really, really cool experience. You know, a lot of our girls wrote about it later saying that, you know, it had really reminded them of when they started playing lacrosse. And even though the language barrier was there, that, that excitement and that fun of being a part of the sport was was there for those kids too there you go the love of the sport the fun with the sport that crosses any language barrier that that it could even be possible so was that the final stop on the tour did you get another one in no, oh, so yeah, so we finished in Lisbon, um, and again, we got to do some really cool things there as well. We got to do a Portuguese cooking class, um, which was really neat. The girls actually just got the recipes today, so we'll see if any of them try and recreate. The food was delicious. Um, and then our sort of last thing that we got to do in Portugal was we were supposed to go earlier in the week, and there were some weather issues, but the last morning before we got on the plane, we got to take a surfing lesson, Oh, wow. uh, which was so cool. And so many of our girls, you know, we all said, we never would have done that had we not been in the group and that just been part of the itinerary, but everybody had an absolute blast with that. And almost everybody got up on a board at least once. <laughs> wow. Calvin, quick note to you back at the studio. We may go a minute or two over, so be patient with us here, okay? So when you get back home and you deboard the plane, uh, what, what are some of the takeaways that you heard from the student-athletes And what were the takeaways for you personally? Yeah, I think for me personally, it was really just a huge sense of pride um, in our girls and and what they'd done while we were over there. You know, I told them when we before we went that I was taking them because I really trusted them and they were a group that I was, you know, really supportive of. And and they really held up their end of the bargain. Um, You know, they did exactly what we asked and they showcased Randolph making women's lacrosse in the best way possible. Um, And I think, you know, in turn, they were able to have some of the most fun with their best friends um, and, you know, something they'll never get to do again. Even if they're able to go back to Europe, they're never going to go back with their 17 best friends and, oh. and be able to, you know, stay in, stay in the hostels together and be able to eat dinner and, and do that travel together. So I think that's probably the best part for all of them. And, and it was just so great for us as a staff. You know, we were able to take four staff members um, and for all of us to be able to watch them and, and see how great they did was awesome. Team building, program building. But for these student-athletes, you're right, life-changing. They yeah. may take five more trips to Portugal or to Ireland in right. their life, but it'll be uh, 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 with family or with you know their husband and their children or, or right. whatever the case may be. How unique, as you just described it, to go with 17 best friends. Yeah. That's that just that's incredible. Yeah, it was, it was the trip of a lifetime for all of us. And again, as a coach, having to be sort of responsible for that many adults um but (laughs) still responsible exactly and they made my job easy you know they really rolled with the punches when we had some issues and and they did exactly what we asked of them and really showcased who we are as a program um to a whole group of people that you know we may never see again but had such a great experience with and um we've already been asked there was a, a spanish national team member in dublin when we were there and she said come to spain next come to spain next we need clinics we need help oh, so wow. yeah um we're we're excited about the possibility of, of hopefully taking our next group you know our freshmen are now on campus and they were not able to come with us due to ncaa rules but right. um i think they're already looking saying are we going again do we get to go back <laughs> i had a feeling there might be some of those uh, questions coming up yeah, Is it, yeah. a little bit of a break before you wrap things up and try to do it again or are you kind of looking around yeah, I mean, I think, again, the, the biggest piece is the fundraising piece. You know, yeah. it's it's such a huge part of it. And, you know, we want our girls to be able to experience the best possible things, but not put them out at a cost, yeah. you know, that's huge to them. And so I think, you know, we're looking at our fundraising for the next couple of years and, and seeing how we can ramp that up in a way that puts us in a good position like we were before we went on this trip. That's awesome. I'm sure that you will see the benefits from this program, from this trip 
for years to come. I think so. I think so. No doubt about it. M.K. Jerichowski, always fun to have you on the program. Thank you so much for coming out. I know you had lifting with the crew and you came running in here at the last minute. I appreciate your time squeezing us into the no, schedule Thank tonight. you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Not a problem. What a trip. Thank what, you. I've, I was just telling somebody earlier today as we wrap things up, I've been out of the country for 45 minutes. <laughs> 45 minutes. That was back in the day when you used to be able to walk across the U.S.-Mexican border. Uh. And so I spent 45 minutes walking around Tijuana, came back over to San Diego, <laughs> and that was in 1983. So I've been stuck in the U.S. for 36 no, years. <laughs> I need to do something about that. Yeah. Time, next time we go, we'll bring you with us. That sounds like a winner. <laughs> Thank you, Coach. Thank you. Thank you, everybody, for being with us here tonight live at Sports Page Grill Ashland. Back next Monday night. Quick setup to remind you now, Friday, game of the week, high school football doubleheader on the sidelines pregame presented by Virginia Farm Bureau Insurance is at 3.30 with NBC 12's Mark Davis. 4 o'clock, we'll have the call of Collegiate and Flint Hill. Neil Steele live at Grover Jones Field. We have the kick at 7 for unbeaten number six deep run and unbeaten Patrick Henry, 3-0 versus 3-0. And then Saturday, it's family weekend on the campus of Randolph-Macon. Please come out and support the football team. Love to have you with us at Dayfield. If you can't be with us, join us live here on the Mater. Pre-game at 12.30, kickoff at 1. Marty Wilson and I will have the call as the ODAC season begins. The Yellow Jackets hosting Emory and Henry, and we'll talk all about it again right here one week away next Monday night in the Red Zone. Thank you to Sports Page Grill Ashland, to Massey Wood and West, to We Think and Inc. Rob Witham saying thank you for joining us. Thank you to Calvin Cecil back in the studios. And I'll talk to you later tonight on a special edition of Party of Two when we remember the music of Rick Ocasek and Eddie Money. That's coming up tonight after nine. Until then, have a good night, everybody. Thanks for being with us. In the Red Zone with Rob Witham is a production of WHAN Radio. Our producer is Calvin Cecil. Executive producer is William Roberts. In the Red Zone with Rob Witham is a copyright production of Fifth Estate Broadcasting, LLC. Any rebroadcast or reproduction in part or in whole without the express written consent of Fifth Estate Broadcasting, LLC is strictly prohibited.